Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful host, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Hi, kings and queens. Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing guest speaker by the name of Natasha, who's going to share her amazing testimony of her fitness journey and what inspired her to become an author. Uh, so before we get into her testimony and then her, her book that she just recently published, I want to let you know a little bit about her. Uh, Natasha Buffalo is a certified personal trainer with a Bachelor of Arts degree in business administration. As a fitness entrepreneur and author, she's transformed lives that results in healing from the inside out. She teaches, inspires, and motivates others by leveraging her gifts to empower people globally to take ownership of their mental and physical health. So thank you so much, Natasha, for being a part of Uncommon Women today. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to add that we didn't discuss in regards to your bio? No, that was actually it. Um, everything you said was accurate, and I really appreciate you allowing me to be on the show today. Yes, yes. I'm so honored <laughs> to have you. <laughs> so before we get into your testimony, can you tell us a little bit about, about your life and how was it growing up? Um, a little bit about my life. So actually, I don't remember a lot about my life. Um, it's very vague, um, but I do remember just growing up. I have, you know, two sisters and a brother. And mm -hmm. I remember, I feel like I was a tomboy when I was growing up because um, I always liked boy stuff and boy toys and things I did was like not the common girl stuff, at least in my uh, mind. But those were like the good moments of life, you know, where you're a kid and you have no worries and you don't have all right. these crazy emotions and, you know, things are not, haven't settled in yet as far as how life is, is going to go. Um, and then I had the transition to when I was about 12 and then that's when all the emotions came, you know, and I no longer had that father figure in the household. So that creates a whole bunch of other emotions um, and things that you deal with, with being like a daughter without that man. Type, that man type of love and things like that. So it created some challenges growing up with not having that other parent in the household. Okay. So. Great. So do you feel as though when you turned 12, that's when you had a transition where you was like, you want to try things like girl stuff, like makeup and doing your nails, or did you still enjoy, you know, the sports and, you know, just having both worlds? Um, actually, it didn't change as far as what I like to do. I still felt like I was more tomboyish, um, you know, kind of had like the the big baggy clothes and things mm -hmm. like that. So I still mm -hmm. was kind of in that phase. Even in high school, I was still kind of in that phase. It just changed my thoughts as far as not understanding who I was and having more so 
not having as much confidence in myself in different areas and feeling like, why me and why does my father, you know, he's not here or things like that. So it just created different struggles with me mentally as far mm-hmm. as how I viewed myself and my life and not understanding um, what it looked like to be accepted or appreciated and things like that. So I kind of was always looking and searching for something. Okay. Okay. So let's get into that. Let's get into your testimony. How, um, how did you adapt in high school and, you know, what emotions were you going through when you didn't really know how, when you weren't sure about yourself? Well, I I wasn't in high school. I was not, I didn't like high school. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not like high school at all because it was like, I was, I was always trying to be nice to everybody because I was really hiding everything that was going on on the inside. I wanted Mm -hmm. everybody to like me. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted, you know, to be in the in crowd. And so I was Mm -hmm. like this polite girl and people didn't like the fact that I was nice to everybody. So then I got backlash about, yeah, about being too nice. And I thought I was all that because I spoke to everybody. So I was actually hated in high school by the girls, you know, and I didn't have boyfriends and stuff like that. It was just a not, it wasn't a good environment for me as far as high school goes. I was trying to get out of school as quick as I could. (laughs) (laughs) Not for me. So I graduated my junior year. I was like, ah, skip this. I only went to high school for three years. I was like, I gotta go. (laughs) But that was motivation for you to graduate years, girl. So that's an accomplishment. You didn't have to deal with the the haters another year. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So that's an accomplishment, girl. You went yeah. above and beyond. You was like, you know what? If you don't want to deal with it, you got to get out as fast as possible. Yep, yep. No. I, I like that. So how did you get into the journey of becoming a fitness trainer and, you know, just enjoying, you know, physical health and well-being? Well, I started where I was, I was fat. I mean, that's just what it was. I mean, I I didn't think I was fat at the time. I just, you know, Mm -hmm. I knew I was overweight, but I didn't um, realize how overweight I was. So I decided at some point I was tired of being overweight because when you get tired of walking up five stairs, like you shouldn't be tired when you get to the fifth stair. Um, You know, it became an issue at that time. And so I started to look into, okay, well, maybe I need to start working out. Um, mm-hmm. So I can drop this weight. That's just typical. You know, you right. go to the gym. Yeah. Well, I went to the gym one time and it was like my first time. I didn't know how to use the equipment. I had never really been to the gym outside of high school, you know, when you play yeah. a certain sport. But, you know, I went to the gym and I'm in warm ups and I passed out at the gym. Wow. Passed out. I was literally maybe five minutes into my work to my workout and wow. passed out. They called the ambulance. They take me to the hospital. And by the time I get to the hospital, I'm fine. But, you know, they still have to run tests because I'm at the, mm-hmm. I'm in the ER. Yeah. They right. couldn't find anything wrong. All my tests mm-hmm. came back fine. They couldn't figure out why I passed out. I didn't go back to the gym. <laughs> that was it. Um, About six to nine months later, I said, okay, I'll try it again. Happened again. Third time, happened again. Wow. I was done after that. I was like, it's too risky. I don't know what's happening. Um. And so after that third time, I ended up going to the doctors and a specialist so they could try to figure out what was causing me to pass out every time I tried to work out. And so once I did that, they decided to do tests. They found that I had an irregular heartbeat. Mm 
and mm. they said it was too risky mm. for me to work out because my heart rate would go up so fast that I, it would cause me to pass out. So oh, they just wow. said it was too risky. They couldn't tell me what to do, what not to do, even walking. If I walked for too long, I would feel that emotion where I knew I was going to pass out and I have to stop and just oh, wow. not move. And so I was too afraid at that point. So I just stopped altogether working out after the doctor told me that I couldn't work out anymore. So mind you, I'm, I'm fat. I'm depressed now. Now I feel like a failure <laughs> because mm -hmm. I don't even know what to do to fix my weight issue. So, wow. you know, then you start eating. You eat mm -hmm. more because now you're depressed. Yeah, yeah. Depressed eating, right. yeah you're, emo you're emotionally, you're, e you're eating emotionally. So you're just like tapping into your emotions and just eating everything in sight because you don't know what else to do. And I was eating at, everything. <laughs> at, and was there any way that the... Was there any suggestions that your doctors could give you while, you know, you know, when they told you that about your heart condition? Right. Or was there like certain um, equipment that you could use that, you know, you were able to still go to the gym without them feeling like you were going to pass out? That's a good question, Jenny. They actually didn't give me like recommendations on what to do because they didn't want me to go to the gym at all because it was too risky. Because wow. it, they couldn't, they couldn't find what was causing me to pass out. So they couldn't dictate oh. if I did this, you know, you pass out. If you do this, you won't pass out. There was no one particular thing that, that they can hone in on to say, mm -hmm. stay away from this. Because so basically, I, you could, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I cut you off there. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Um, so basically, they didn't want you moving. Just right. not to do nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just like what it's yeah, basically. They want you to do no movement, but you right. gotta move around. Because yeah. when when I had the heart monitor on me when they were doing my test, I could be sitting in on my couch in my living room, and if I get up too fast, it would call, cause my heart rate to go up. Wow. Oh, wow. So that's the extent of it. So when they did my results, they said, "Well, what were you doing when this happened?" I was like, "I was sitting down. I got up." You know, and they're like, so your heart rate went that high just from you getting up out of your seat. So it was like there was no way for them to say, you know, what I could do and what I couldn't do. So they just said, don't work out. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so wow. I didn't do anything for, for, for a while. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Um, so at what point did you feel like, okay, I can't do this no more. I have to move around. I need to do something else to make a change for myself. After maybe a year or two after the doctor told me not to do anything, I decided to look into like supplements, something to kind of kickstart my weight loss. Since I can't work out, there's got to be something on the market that mm -hmm. I can use that will help me lose weight. So I actually started looking into like doing some kind of supplement and I became like a distributor of like a nutritional supplement and I started taking the supplement and now the supplement did help. You know, okay. but it's also a crutch because now you're dependent on a supplement to yeah. do the work. So, and I didn't want to be on supplements for the rest of my life, but right. you know, when you're getting like some results, you're like, okay, this is working, but I didn't change nothing else. I still didn't work out and I wasn't mm -hmm. eating any better. I was still eating the same <laughs> junk. I oh, was wow. just using a supplement. So my thing was, okay, well, when I get off this supplement, what's going to happen? Nothing else has changed. Most right. likely you're going to mm -hmm. gain that weight back way back. So yeah. at that point, it's like, I have to find another solution so I can come off these supplements. 
so that's when I decided to transition into, you know, finding a way to work out. But it wasn't that I looked for it. It actually just happened where I ended up working, mm. deciding to work out. I was in the store mm. <laughs> and ran into a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in years. And I'm telling him about, you know, this health supplements that I'm doing mm -hmm. and, you know, what I'm trying to do and my little health issues. And he's like, why don't you come to the gym? And I'm like, okay. So I go to the gym and I kind of explain in detail all the health issues that I was dealing with at that right. time. And he was like, okay, well, let's figure it out. You know, we'll try you try slowly and try to see if you can do, you know, do anything. And that's literally how it started. And the crazy thing is um, my health journey in the gym started five years ago to the date of the day I released my book. Wow. <laughs> Awesome. It was your anniversary. It yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> it was my five-year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> so what emotions were you going through after, you know, the doctor said you can't do this, you've been doing the supplements, you've been seeing some changes, and then you were like about to take another step to go to, a, go to the gym again? Like what emotions were you going through? Were you nervous or like scared that you were going to pass out or mm -hmm. were you just like, you got to You got to do something. <laughs> yeah, I was nervous. I was afraid because I didn't want to pass out. You know, so mm -hmm. that was that is the initial was the nerves. It was, mm -hmm. is this going to work? I'm scared. I don't know. And I'm going against doctor's orders. You know, the doctors hey, don't yeah. work out. So it's like there was already like that fear, you know, that I'm already doing something I shouldn't be doing. But mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to like tone my body and I wanted to lose more weight. Um, and so, and I wanted to come off the supplements and I just needed, I needed that help. I needed that support. And yeah. that's when, you know, my friend came in and he was my trainer. So it was like, I needed that. So those, those emotions were real. And the first, I would say the first couple of months, it was tough because mm -hmm. it was like every five minutes, it's like, Tasha, go sit down. I needed to catch oh. my breath. What's your, oh, what's your heart rate? You know, okay, sit down. Let's wait till your heart rate comes back down. And then we'll try this again. It was literally trial and error. Like, okay, let's try this. Okay, that's mm -hmm. not, you can't do that. Let's try this. Okay, nope, that's not. It was literally trial and error the whole time for like the first couple of months, just trying to figure out what my body could take and what I couldn't. And he just worked mm -hmm. with me. And I thank God for him putting, putting him in your life because he took the time to be like, your heart rate's mm -hmm. raising. Go mm -hmm. sit down, you know, yeah. you got to be very detailed oriented with that mm -hmm. because, you know, sometimes, all right, let's not bash men, but sometimes a person is just one sided that they, they have a goal for another person that they don't take yeah. to initiate someone's help. So I, I honor him for taking the time to, mm -hmm. you know, work with you and yeah. realize that you have a, you're, you're on thin line right now. You ain't even supposed mm -hmm. to be at the gym. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's, you have a goal that you want to, mm -hmm. you, you want to um, hit. So that's, that's very honoring of him. Besides, a lot of patience. Yeah, a lot of patience. yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So besides faith, what motivates you not to quit? Well, one, my sons, um, you know, being there for my sons and my sons not worrying about me. There was a time when, before I started the, the workout journey, the fitness journey, when I initially passed out. There was times when I tried working out at home and then my kids would be afraid, like, you know, mom, don't do that because I couldn't, you know, I, I felt myself about to pass out at times. So my kids, mm. you know, having them be nervous about my health, that's not something a kid should have to worry about. Yeah. You know, so mm. me being able to be healthy enough 
for them and to be here for them and to see them grow up and, you know, to run around if I need to run around and then not having to worry about is mommy going to pass out, you know, so just that was one of my motivators. Um, the other was my family friends supporting me, you know, believing in me that I could do it, but me also believing in myself that I could do it. And yeah. then obviously the support of my friend and my trainer, you know, he pulled on me and when I got caught eating stuff, I shouldn't be eating. He was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I remember one, one time he caught me, he called and I was eating Wendy's. And he was like, you're doing what? <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? I was like, um, <laughs> Lying. 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 <laughs> you know, you start doing this. <laughs> oh, oh. But I did say, I was like, I'm eating Wendy's. And he was like, why are you eating Wendy's? And I'm like, okay, I won't eat no more. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, having somebody that that's your accountability partner. That's, yeah. that's mm -hmm. what trainers are. That's why it's, they are so important. Like, you know, they are literally your accountability partner. You know, they help you mentally, they help you physically, you know, which that's why I became a trainer, because I saw the effects of being trained by someone and just having that understanding of how important it is to not only change your body, but also your mind, like your mindset, yeah. everything changes and like it all goes together, your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul, it's all interconnected and realizing that fitness is not just physical it's a most it's mostly mental it's mostly mental the physical is a bonus you know you getting the body you desire that's a bonus but there's so much more that comes with you know the fitness journey that you gain when you actually go through the process and do the work and see the transition you have this greater appreciation to being healthy and understanding food and understanding what's good for you and not and it's really an amazing journey to be on <laughs> But so yeah. Natasha, at, you know, you being a mother and you having this condition and your kids are being a word about you, you know, you know, something happening to you. What are tools and tips that you can give to other mothers out there that are, that want to be healthy, but it's so hard to get there? Well, first, I would say scheduling me time because. When I talk to other women, it's always, I don't have time. You know, I have the kids, I have this. And, and yeah, when you have kids, it's hard to schedule time for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's always go, go, go. And your life is catered around your children. Like you lose yourself because you have your right. children to take care of. Or, you know, if you're married, you got a husband or whatever. But it's like, you have to schedule time for yourself. You have to put yourself yeah. on the calendar. Because if you don't take care of you, you won't be there for your kids. So it's yep. so important mm -hmm. to actually get, even if you start off with like 15 minutes early in the morning, like my morning regimen, I have an hour of just me time. And that doesn't include the gym. That's mm -hmm. before I even leave the house. There's an hour of me time that's meditating, praying, stretching out. And then I start my day. I go into my journal, my Bible, my notes and things like that. And then I actually leave my home and then I go to the gym and then I've got time in the gym. So it's like you have to schedule that time for you because you nobody else is going to take care of you but you. Mm -hmm. So sure mothers, it's definitely start off with 15 minutes and then grow those those minutes as you're able to find time in your day. 
and start before your day starts. Because once the day starts with those kids, it's hectic trying to find the right. time in the middle of the day. Yep. It's mm -hmm. like you have to find that time early before it gets chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious, what time do you get up in the morning? Four, sometimes 3.30. <laughs> what can I do right now? It's just now going to sleep at 2, 3 o'clock. So you help me out because if I'm, I'm not going to sleep till 2, 3 o'clock. I, I can't get up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. But see, yeah. I, get, I go to sleep earlier now. I used mm -hmm. to do that a lot and then I would miss my time or I'm rushing and you know, mm -hmm. now I realize how important that time to yourself is that I'll schedule a time that I have to be in the bed. If I know I have to get up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. I okay. say by 1030, you got to finish everything because, you know, if you don't at least get five hours of sleep, you're going to either miss the alarm, snooze the alarm, and then you're going to be rushing. So mm -hmm. then you're going to miss out on that me time. And it, it, it feels different when you don't have that time in the morning to just like think about nothing. <laughs> just yeah. think about nothing you know that just you know you turn on some music some you know meditation music or whatever music you need to turn on to calm you down and just sit still for a few minutes and then go into your normal regimen after that but that me time is everything well, and it's definitely mind over matter too yeah oh it is <laughs> Definitely. What was the most um, difficult challenge you faced during your journey or, um, you know, besides your health condition, did you face any other things during your um, journey of being fitness, uh, being a fitness trainer or just getting to where you're at now? Yeah, staying on course, you know, it, it's <laughs> staying on, like not eating all the crap that you want to eat. You know, I have you have those moments where we, me and my friend, we call it fat moments. You know, where we just talk about like all the foods that we want to eat or <laughs> we have those moments where it's like, I'm going to get this. Screw this diet. I'm going to get some ice cream. <laughs> you know, so you have those moments and, you know, I'm not oblivious to the fact that we do fall off the, the track every now and then because you're so used to eating these healthy meals that sometimes you have those moments and cravings where you're like, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to go and eat this ice cream. And sometimes you eat the whole daggone pipe of ice cream because you didn't have it in a year. <laughs> you know, so that part, that, that part can be, that part was difficult just because I was eating so bad when I started my fitness journey. And I had to transition a lot of foods out of my diet. One, because I had allergic reactions to different to foods that I didn't realize I had. Wow. My ac I had acne so bad that I looked like a monster to myself. Wow. It, I had it was like bumps everywhere. It was so uh -huh. bad, and I didn't realize it was it was food. It was a certain food what? that I had an wow. allergy to. That's good teaching. Um, wow. Yeah. So, and and that was from my trainer. You know, we were talking, and he was like, "Stop eating this. You know, stop doing that." And I ha I didn't realize I had an uh, an allergic reaction to dairy, and so I had okay. to eliminate dairy out of my diet. And I love oh, yeah. everything dairy. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I love cheese. And and I love cheese. I was about to say, I am Puerto Rican. We put cheese on so much stuff. Everything. Yes. Everything. My favorite thing is pizza. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. So I had to eliminate dairy. And so it's like, but not realizing that until I started this fitness journey that 
there's certain foods that your body doesn't like. And sometimes we don't listen to our own bodies. And so having, that's another reason why having a trainer is like so important because sometimes they may see something, they may have experienced something with another client or with themselves. And they're able to tell you like, oh, I had that. So this is, you know, what it is. Try this and see if it works. You know, so having that experience, it that's why I say go, having a fitness journey is deeper than just the physical body. I mean, I had acne. That was part of my journey, you know, right. and when you have acne, you are, that's already a whole self-esteem issue. That's already, yeah. you know, my confidence was like shot down to the ground, you know, at that point, because I hated how I looked, you know, I hated going outside. I wore so much makeup to cover up or my, you know, you do your hair like this to cover up the bumps, yep. you know, that are on your cheek, you know? So it was like, all everything I was doing, I was hiding. I was wearing a really big clothes to hide my stomach rolls. I was, you know, wearing my my hair on my face, which you know that only makes it worse because of hair. You got grease. Yep. <laughs> and grease on and your face. It <laughs> and it's all right here. Yep. It's it does. Here. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like you're making it worse, but yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. So. <laughs> so yeah, so that was challenging. That was challenging. But I can imagine. You know, right. To this day, I still have fat girl moments. I still have mm -hmm. my fat girl moments, not often, but I do have them. And I think once you get to where you want to be and you're happy with your results and you're happy with how you look, you can have those moments where you're like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to just do my thing. And then on Monday, I'm going to get back on. So it's like, you know, you have your moment. You still do in moderation, but it's just, it, it doesn't eliminate the fact that you have a craving. And mm -hmm. that means you're just human. You know, we're human. <laughs> So speaking of cravings, if you get to a part where you're working out consistently and you're burning, um, they say that it's okay to eat whatever you enjoy eating just as long as you're, you know, working out harder in the gym. Is that true? It depends. What are you eating? So that may not be the same for everybody. So if okay. you're eating, if you're eating fried foods all the time, if you're drinking soda all the time, if you're drinking alcohol all the time, if you're eating all these things that are not healthy, you going to the gym is not going to save you. You know, right. you have to make some healthy choices in your Adjusting. life and there's things that mm -hmm. you have to change. You yeah. may not have to eliminate everything you're doing, but you may have to reduce what you're doing. Okay. You know, so yeah. if you're a chronic drinker and drinking may be drinking juice, it may be drinking coffee, maybe drink soda, whatever the case is, but you're chronic at it. You have it all day long. You're just putting sugar in your body all day. Now that person, no, you're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to eliminate or reduce some of that. So okay. it just depends on what your current diet looks like to say you can do it or not. Okay. okay. So how is your, uh, your condition now from five years ago, from when you started your journey, um, going to the gym, how's everything now with your body, your heart? I don't have those issues anymore. It was really based. It was my weight. You know, my heart was moved, was was working harder because I had so much weight. Right. So once my weight dropped, I didn't have the issues where, you know, I couldn't walk. I, me, my friend, my trainer, we ran like 5K. Wow. And I was able to run wow. it. Okay, Sasha, I see you, girl. It was a test. You know, I started off, he was like, okay, start with a mile. Let's try that. And then we started with, then with two miles. And, you know, and then you just build up to that. But if during that time when I was big, I would have never gotten on track. I never did cardio. 
during my weight loss mm-hmm. journey. Never. I couldn't get on the treadmill. I couldn't do the elliptical. I couldn't do mm-hmm. anything that was cardio. Right. Right. I literally had to make changes and, and just do weight training and change my diet and things like that. So, but mm-hmm. being able to actually run after not being able to walk for a long period of time was huge. That's so, a big accomplishment. That is. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Thank you. And how does your children now feel about you? you know, seeing their transition from then where they were frightened to mom being a whole trainer, <laughs> specialist on it. <laughs> I, well, you know, it was funny because at first it was like, how much weight are you going to lose? How, you know, how small are you going to get? <laughs> Just stop. You know, it was like, they basically were telling me to stop it. Like I was getting so small because my kids weren't used to me being so small. Like I'm, I'm small and I don't remember the last time I was this small. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I'm in better shape now than I've ever been before. And I didn't know that I could do that. Like I didn't know that it was possible um, just because mm. of the conditions that I had. I didn't see it. Um, right. But my kids, they had not really seen me real, real teeny like that. So it was like, mom, you're getting too small. Stop. You know, when are you going to stop? <laughs> you know, they weren't used to it. I mean, they're adjusted to it now and they understand it now. But at first it was a, it was a shock to them how small I was getting. I mean, even friends were like, if you don't stop, you know, stop losing weight. Like they would wrap themselves around me and just be like, I can wrap my whole body around you. (laughs) (laughs) Just stop it. (laughs) So so now it's just maintaining. Like I'm not trying to lose weight. I just want to maintain. So, but yeah, everybody kind of adjusted to it, but you know, it's shocking for them as much as it was shocking to me. Cause at first I was like, I'm so small. I look like I'm 12. You know, and I had to adjust to it. I had an issue with it at first. I felt like I was too small. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I need to gain some weight. So it was like, it's, it was a yo-yo. Wait, wait. So you wanted to lose it. Then you're like, no, I need yeah, to gain. No, now you yes, gain and it. I, still, yeah. I still do it now. I'm like, I need to gain like five pounds. So yeah, it's, it's literally a yo-yo because I felt like I, I went past my original goal. I went mm-hmm. past that goal mm-hmm. weight. So when I went past it, I was like, okay, now I'm too small. I didn't plan on being this small. But, right. you know, now I'm kind of stable where I'm like, okay, I've been this size since 2017. I okay. give myself like a five pound grace. So you can only go up five pounds. If you get that five pound mark, then you got to come back down. <laughs> 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 so, yes. I love it. <laughs> so at any time, um, even during your journey, did you at any time feel like you wanted to give up in between? Uh, can you uh, uh, give us a time where you felt you wanted to um, give up or how did you how did you feel at that moment when you feel like I can't do this? I, I wanted to give up all the time. <laughs> I wanted to give up because it's hard. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, making changes. A lot of times it's hard for you to change. Like change is hard mm-hmm. sometimes. And so having to make those changes in my diet was hard and just staying consistent with working out and going to the gym every day when I didn't feel like working out, you know, but the reason I did go is because I have a trainer. I got to get there. <laughs> you know, if yeah. I had to do it on my own, it I would have stayed in bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, screw that. I'm not going to the gym. Yep. But because I have somebody waiting on me waiting and I'm on. like, and uh-huh. I know that they, you know, they care. And if I wasn't there, it was going to be a phone call where you at, yeah. you know? So it wasn't like I could just get out of it and say, oh, well, you know, I was busy. 
He'll probably be at my door, like, well, let's go. <laughs> He's like, I don't think so. You better, you better exactly. come here now. You better yeah. get here. <laughs> and I do that now with my clients. Like, I know where you live. <laughs> I will pull up. She said, I will pull up. I need everybody's address. Yes, yeah, that's part of your birthday address. <laughs> Address and phone number. Where are you at? Uh, no. Well, I need a 10-minute grace period. Just saying. <laughs> and I'm telling you, when you're late, if you're five minutes late, I'm, where are you at? <laughs> I'm in traffic. Well, what's happening? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. That, that accountability is everything. And that's why... I had so much more of a greater appreciation for trainers once I got one because I didn't understand training. Um, I had never been to a trainer before, so I didn't really understand the dynamics of it um, going into it. But once I got in, I really had an appreciation to why people get trainers, because when you mm -hmm. do it on your own, sometimes when you don't feel like doing, you just don't do it. You don't have yep. no accountability to it. It's like mm -hmm. if I don't do it, who's going to tell me who's going to say anything? You know, right. but when Very you have true. somebody waiting on you and you know you right. spent this time mm -hmm. and you don't show up and you still gonna pay for that session. Right. <laughs> Whether That's you go true. or not, I don't wanna waste my money. So let me get my butt up and go to the session. So it's like mm -hmm. having that accountability is like everything. Especially yeah. if it's a if it's a trainer that really truly cares about their clients and people in general. Um it, it's everything. And so that that's why I became a trainer. Like my trainer influenced me to be a trainer. And I had no idea that that's the path I was going to go on. People were telling me I was going to be a trainer. And I was saying, no, <laughs> I have no interest. And it just naturally just flowed in. You know, I train and I love it. Like, I just love seeing people transition. And, you know, I feel like I'm a therapist half the time because it's therapeutic. You know, people come in and they have all their concerns and things like that. So it does feel like therapy. That's why I feel like training and fitness is more than just the physical body. It's yeah. the mental and, you know, it's, it's a Everything whole transformation. Mm. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. So if you could share or give advice to on one thing, everyone that's listening, what would it be? <clears throat> to believe in yourself. That That's first and foremost. If you believe in yourself that's where it starts. Like your mindset is everything. So my whole thought is once you start believing in yourself, that triggers something in your mind. And then you, your emotions, they attach to that. You know, your soul attached to that thought, that first initial, then your body has to follow. Whatever your mind tells your body to do, it's going to do. And, and when you believe in yourself, you have the power. It's like, you have to think about it as, do you have the power over the food or does the food have power over you? So it's like, whatever it is, does that have more power than you do? And if it does, then you have to take it back. By taking it back, that means you start believing in yourself and, and speaking to yourself in a way that will influence you to do it and your why. Make sure you have a why. Like, why are you doing this? Why do you want to change? You know, and it has to be something important. Like for me, it was my kids. It has to be something that will keep you motivated in doing it. That when you get stuck, and you don't want to, you have that in the forefront, like, why Why am I doing this to begin with? And then mm. that's a reminder, and you keep going, or get your trainer and have them pull on you. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Shout out to Lisa 
for the comment. She said, girl, because you are an organic therapist. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, your love. Your love both ways, girl. <laughs> she sure is. <laughs> Thank you. I love love. We just spread love. That's what we do. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what you got to do. Um, yeah. So, Natasha, um, you spoke about your book earlier. And what inspired you to become an author? <laughs> Actually, I didn't want to be an author. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. The crazy thing is, now this is the crazy thing. I never really thought I was going to be an author, even though I wrote down that I was going to be an author years ago. I wrote Ooh, down on my vision board that I was going to do books and journals, but I ignore that vision board a lot. Is I see it, but I just, meh. <laughs> you know, and it's like you hear things or you believe that you can do things, but then that fear kicks in, that doubt kicks in, and it's like, mm, maybe not. Even though I didn't take the vision board down, I just decided I don't really want to do that. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with that. So I ignored it for all these years. Now that vision board was November 26, 2019, wow. that vision board. And when I, when this book came, came to me, it was, I was working on a project that had nothing to do with like personal training or books or nothing. It was just another project that I was working on. And I remember me not being on the project and though my girlfriend said, Tasha, what is it that you want to do? You know, do you want to be a part of this project? Do you not? And I need you to not answer me right now. I need you to pray about it. And then when you get the answer, then come and tell me. And you know, when you go to prayer, you're supposed to be specific in what you ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wasn't specific. I just said, okay, Lord, what is it that I'm supposed to do? <laughs> you know, and, and his answer was write the book. And I'm like, that's not what I was asking. That's not what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> not what I was looking for. It's not the answer I need. I want to hear. So I asked again, like, so what is it that I'm supposed to do? Write the book. Okay, what am I supposed to do about the project? Write the book. And I'm just like, that's not what I want. <laughs> so I ignored it. <laughs> I ignored it. <laughs> but eventually I was like, okay, so if you want me to write this book, what am I going to write about? So now I don't know what to write about. So you got to give me something. <laughs> and he literally downloaded. He was like, wow. you already have the content. And I'm like, okay, well, where, where do I have the content? He's like, you literally write in your notebook almost every day. You write all the time. So go to your yeah. notebooks and find the content. It's already in there. And I'm like, okay. Went to a notebook and I started writing a journal February 20th, 2020. So I wow. opened that, that notebook up and I started just taking inserts from that journal that I started. And once I started that, everything else just started flowing. Wow. So I started putting the content together. Within four days, I had all of my core content. And wow. once I had the core content, then it's rearranging, it's the adding, editing, proofing, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know, of course that took some time, but I was ready to come out with the, the, the um, journal. Like the next week, I was all excited. I'm like, oh my God, I actually did it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't ready. I was just like, I was trying to jump ship before, you know, it was even ready. <laughs> because at that point now I'm excited about it. Um, but yeah, and the thing is I was stopped from the original date I wanted to come out with it was was in February. 
So I started mm. writing February 2nd of this year and I was done by February 5th. I had finished and God told me I wasn't ready to release the journal. I had to go through the journal myself. Mm. I had to actually experience it. So I had to go through every page, do all the reading of it, do all the yeah. assignments that were attached to it so that I can get the experience of my own journal. And I was like, that was not a part of the plan. That's but amazing. I had to do that. And when I tell you, it helped me so much. It built my confidence up so much. I don't think that I would be where I'm at today if I didn't go through the whole journal process because I was already like emotional and going through different things. And people around me were going through a lot of stuff. And the journal helped get me through all those emotions. And it, it allowed me to, to be able to see myself and to find myself again and to believe in myself again. Because you have moments where you lose yourself or you forget who you are. You forget, mm -hmm. you know, what your worth is. And I had a lot of different emotions at the time. So mm -hmm. now I understand why God told me I had to go through the journal myself before I could release it. And then once he gave me the date to release, I realized that was around the same time that I joined the, uh, my fitness journey, the gym, um, five years ago. But I didn't even have proof of that being the, right, the date. I just knew it was in April. But something in my mind said that it was on the 22nd. I didn't have proof that that date was accurate until like two, three days ago. Mm, I, wow. found, I, found, I found my um, sheets from the gym of when I started, the first day I did my measurements. And when I looked at the date, it was 422. And I was like, it mm, was right. the right date. Right, <laughs> wow. He told yeah. you, he told you the mm -hmm. date and he yeah. confirmed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I'm wow. like, the journal, I feel like because it helped me so much, I really feel like it can help so many other people that either struggle or go through things or they lose their self or they have like anxiety or there's like all these different emotions that we go through when we're um, either going through a, a depressing time or going through a hard time in life. And I feel like it helps, you know, it's a tool that can be used because it makes you do the work. It's like, it gives you some yeah. information, some knowledge, some, some quotes, some positivity. And then it makes you, then I ask you a question like, okay, now that you got this information, what are you going to do with it? So it's like, mm -hmm. now make, I'm going to make you think. You have to think and actually answer. And when I tell you some of the questions that I asked, I got stuck. I was like, girl, why mm -hmm. you ask this question? I don't even know how to answer it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm coming back to this in two days. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> so it makes you do the work. And that's the important part. It's like sometimes we hear the advice from others. And sometimes we hear things that we should change. And we don't change because we don't understand or we don't realize it's something that we need to do. But when you actually do the work, you apply what you heard or what you learned, it's so it's so gratifying to be able to make that change and then see it like, oh, that's what they were trying mm. to tell me, you know, because I was missing the mark. I mean, I hit my head on the wall a million times sometimes. It's like, Tasha, you know, this person told you the same thing. This person told you and you still didn't change. You still didn't get it. Right. You had to mm -hmm. keep in your head. And I did. I hit my head on the wall. Man, my head. <laughs> like, like somebody threw a brick at my head. It was like, you're just going to keep hitting your head, right? Yeah, I hit my head a lot. I hit my head a lot. And I did a lot of damage. I did a lot of damage. And, you know, but this journal helped me through that and helped me see that, mm -hmm. yes, we make mistakes. And, it's you know, we go through things. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We just have to do some work.
Can you share to the audience where we can find your journal and where we can stay connected with you? Okay, so well, I'm gonna show you your journal. Yeah, go ahead. Show, show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it is called Reflections of the Inner You. It's an inspirational journal to help you embrace, recognize your inner power. Um, and it can be found on Amazon and also at the website, which is insideoutfitbrand.com which also this um, shirt that I have on is reflect and it's, I am my power reflect is it's going inward because you're reflecting inside. So you're reflecting, reflecting within yourself. It's like the mirror. You look at yourself in the mirror. It's a reflection of you. That's what you're doing in the journal. You're reflecting within yourself. You're looking in the mirror and you're looking at who you are and you're doing the work to change and embrace and, and recognize who you are and that power that you hold. Um, so these are also part of, it was part, I created it based off of the book is to reflect within and understand that you are your power, that, 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 which is within you, that is your power. Utilize your power. I love that. I love that. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you, Natasha, for coming on and speaking on your testimony. And not only that, you have just a great spirit and, Thank you for just staying consistent in your journey with your fitness journey. And then now also with your book, which um, I, I know it's going to help a lot of people out there. And I hope uh, to our, some of our audience that are listening in, hopefully you have taken in some jams, some gems this, um, this evening and listened in. Um, so we have, I have, we have a question. We asked all our guest speaker, what, what makes you uncommon? Well, I think what makes me uncommon is the fact that everybody is unique. What we have is uncommon because as mm. individuals, we were all given a gift. And my gift, I'm starting to realize that my gift is writing and speaking and, and encouraging other people. But I feel like my gift is incorporating the mind, the body and the soul. So I call myself mm. it's like this mind soulness coach. So it's the mm. mind, body and soul, but it's all intertwined in order to be to have that wellness and that health, you have to intertwine all three. And a lot of people say, well, just pick one, you know, just focus on one thing. You know, you have too many things that you're doing right now. And I'm like, but I feel like they're all connected. And so I had a hard time with that feeling like I needed to pick just one. And I'm like, well, fitness is, is one thing, you know, the mindset and the spirit is another, but I feel like you have to have all three in order for it to work. You know, so you have to have that spiritual bound where it's like you have that drive. Your spirit is driving you to do something. So it's like I feel like my uniqueness is how I think, which is incorporating all three of them together versus separating them out into just one entity and another mm. entity. So but I feel like everybody has that uncommon about themselves is they think different, they act different, they do things different. And I feel like that is their power. So. That's why I feel like I'm uncommon. It's just because I'm just unique. None of us are created equally. We're all different in some way. And I feel like me branching into this journal and fitness and having them intertwine, um, that is my uniqueness. Mm. I love that. I love that. Thank you again. Um, it we was an honor. Out, we do have some comments. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
Let's see here. So we have Luzley that's uh, supporting you. She says, so proud of you, sweetie. So shout out to Luz. Hey, Ma. <laughs> oh, that's your Ma. Hey, Ma. 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 Hey, girl. <laughs> and then Lisa said, Girl, you uncommon because we're another Tasha B. My girl right there. She actually helped me on this book journey. She she helped me through editing. She helped me with technical issues. That is my girl. Oh, okay. So <laughs> okay, girl. Girl power. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Lisa for being yes. your backbone. Yes. She's helped me and, so much. Um, yeah. All right. That's good. Go ahead, Jenny. Okay. Thank you again, Natasha. And thank you for our listeners for tuning in this evening. Um, make sure you guys check out our, uh, our apparel at www.uncommonwomen.net as well as make sure you come check me out Instagram live May 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I will be having uh, a young woman come on to speak on lupus awareness. And also, I am still looking for someone for cleft and sarcoma awareness for the month of June. If you are not any, if you or anyone has experience or is advocating for the awareness, you can email me at uncommonwomen, uh, uncommon3women at gmail.com. Apologize for that, guys. Um, again, uncommon3women at gmail.com. And make sure you come out and next Thursday and tune in for an amazing guest speaker that we're having come on next week at 8 p.m. Um, Eastern time. And don't forget, everyone, stay uncommon. Bye.